77 WABC. This is Sitting Friends in the Morning. No, I get by with a little help from my friends. I've got another confession to make. I'm your fool. Everyone's got their chains to break. Holding you. Worry about the races. Don't be abused. Is someone getting the best, the best, the best, the best of you? Is someone getting the best, the best, the best, the best of you? Are you gone and on to someone So it is the Esposito was just terrific. I really do love that kid. Love him. But he did not bite <laughs> at my question about potential folks that may be up for this George Santos seat. But I got one for you. And it has nothing to do with my friendship with Johnny Tobacco. I do like Johnny Tobacco an awful lot. Real American patriot. Cara Castroneves. She ran... For office uh, last time around, I believe in 2022, we endorsed her, had her on. She's terrific. She's a boxer, you know. Tough girl right there. That's a tough woman right there. And uh, she ain't afraid of people like AOC and these other Omars and these other Jew-hating lowlives. So I'm throwing her name into the mix, Cara Castroneves, as a possibility to replace George Santos. I do want to thank Sean and the guys at Harbor Lights. We got back last night, and from Kennedy Airport, it was raining. It was about 6.30, had to be up early, wanted to grab a quick dinner, so we love that place. I know you like it there too, Lewis. Awesome place. And Sean is such a great guy, the owner, and he um, he comes over to the table every time and loves Danielle, loves Gabe. Ava, too. Ava's going to be back December the 19th, and I do want to thank my neighbor. I got two sets of great neighbors, Margaret and John on the left, and on the right, I've got the Feltons. I've got Jacqueline and Billy. Billy's a real hero. He's a firefighter. And I'm worried for him because of these layoffs. I really am. And they've got three beautiful little kids, two little girls and a little boy, Nico. And Billy was kind enough to take in my mail when I was away. So I want to thank uh, the Feltons for being uh, really great neighbors and, and uh, great friends. Thank you, uh, Billy and Jackie. All right, I want to go to Israel. And I mean that both literally and figuratively. <laughs> I do want to go to Israel. I had a conversation with Judah Honickman over the weekend. You ready for this? We're up to the stage now where Judah, who lives just outside Jerusalem, spoke to Dan Herschel. You believe that, Lewis? Oh, it's getting there. Yeah. They, those two guys spoke yesterday about the logistics and engineering-wise what it's going to take to do the show. We're going to do it. We're definitely doing the show. We are definitely going to do three shows, four, whatever it is, from Jerusalem and sooner than later. So we're at that stage, but the idea was born the day I went to shul with Dove Hikind when he bestowed that great honor on me, and it was really the rabbi, Bluestein, who was the first to say it. And now the wheels are in motion, but as we speak, the aforementioned Judah Hanukman, whose parents go to that shul, and Dove Hikind are together in Israel right now. What are they doing? They're throwing a barbecue for the IDF soldiers fighting in Israel, I saw a video of Dove making hot dogs and hamburgers. <laughs> <That's great. laughs> Here he is, live from just outside Jerusalem, the king of all Jews, 
the great Dove Hyken. Good morning, Dove. I'm uh, hi. How are you, uh, Sid? I'm here uh, with Yehuda and uh, with Shani, and I just want to thank you because you made it possible today through your friends and your support. Uh, hundreds of Israeli soldiers had an amazing meal. These are the guys on the front lines. These are the guys who are protecting the people of Israel. I love them all. I hugged and kissed. I felt like they were my kids, men, women, and uh, you're responsible for all of that. It was an amazing wow. meal with with steak, with chicken, with you wow. name it. Wow. Uh, I mean, God bless you, Sid, because you made it happen in Yehuda. And his amazing team. I mean, he's got a team. I tell you, he's like his own army. Uh, you know, uh, it's a man. And by the way, we're going tomorrow, and this is going to be very emotional. We're doing a barbecue tomorrow in Barry. That is one of those places. Far Aza Barry was hit the hardest on October seventh. We are doing a barbecue for Israeli soldiers on the front line. That is tomorrow night. So here's Yehuda. Johnny, love you, Sid, because you made it happen. Oh, I want to make that you. clear. You oh. made it happen. Oh. If you oh. saw these soldiers, how they enjoyed a barbecue during a war, for mm. God's sake. Jeez. Amazing. You're amazing. Um, and and uh, am I still with you, Dove, or did you put somebody else on the yes, phone? Yes, okay, we're here. Oh, you're all there. Yeah, and and, right I, and of course, well. I love your wife, Shani, and I love Yehuda. And Yehuda has actually sent me videos, which I put on my Instagram. In fact, I compel everybody to follow me on Instagram right now, at Rosenberg.Sydney. The old that Sid Rosenberg is long gone. Instagram, at Rosenberg.Sydney. And on Facebook, Sid Rosenberg. Weeks ago, he sent me videos at another barbecue that he made of these soldiers thanking me, which I think is way over the top. I thank you. You're actually there. You've gone there a couple of times. And, Dover, I, I just heard on Fox News that they just heard some more uh, rockets over the southern part of Israel. It's becoming increasingly clear that Hamas has been hunting out in the south. And even though Biden and uh, Blinken and all those creeps, all those creeps are trying to keep Netanyahu from conflicting too much damage in the south, it looks like we need to wipe out the South now because that's where they are hiding. What are you hearing? Yeah, there is no question. I said it to you weeks and weeks ago. The job will be done. No one will stop. The people of Israel are united that Hamas must be eradicated by the end of this war. And I promise you, I'm telling you, that is exactly what is going to happen. Uh, Yehud is right next to me, and God bless him. Uh, you know, he he makes things happen. What can I tell you? I'm here. We're, you know, I was doing my job here and preparing uh, the chicken uh, on the grill and all the rest of it. But uh, Yoda has his little army. He does. It's uh, more than just a little army. It's a big army. And look, his life has been, uh, it's okay the last couple of weeks, obviously. But certainly early on, it was turned upside down what these folks did. And thank God he's not in those neighborhoods that uh, took the, the brunt of it, obviously. He's closer to Jerusalem. He's been relatively safe. But uh, he has uh, his life has been turned upside down, running into bomb shelters still almost every day and experiencing all the stuff that comes with war. So, so what do you think, though, uh, again, President Biden and Blinken especially coming out and, and warning, not even recommending or suggesting, warning Israel not to do too much damage in the South because they're worried about civilians. That makes me nauseous. What about you? Well, it makes me even more nauseous. And unfortunately, this is the sad reality of the Democratic Party. 
They are catering to a minority within that party, the left-wing radicals. That's that's what we're talking about here. And they will mess things up. But I, I got to tell you, the Israeli government has no choice. The prime minister has no choice. This organization of barbarians, they're not human. We know what they did. I spoke to you on the show days after what happened October 7th. Now more and more has come out. The stuff that was done to women, the brutality, the horrors committed against little little girls, young women, grandmothers, sexually assaulted in the most horrible way imaginable and not imaginable. So the people of Israel know this, and they know that this war cannot end. It doesn't matter what Blinken, I mean, for God's sake, what is wrong with these people? They're playing right into the hands of Hamas. That's exactly what Hamas wants, to stop this war, and they can declare victory. That's exactly what would happen. But again, the government of Israel is going to finish the job, no question about it. Uh, and and Yehuda? Yeah, Sid, you know, Judah here, I, I got to agree with everything that uh, that Dove said. The morale is high from the people on the ground over here. When we saw some of those hostages come home and, you know, we look at those videos of what happened when, when the, the, the prisoners came home on the Hamas side and the cheering and chanting for more blood on their side and the tears and crying of, of happiness and joy on our side, you know, it, it's, it's no question who's on the side of, of light and who's on the side of darkness here. And the Israeli people are going to hold the government accountable. This, this war has to be completed. We have to go to the end and just finish this and finish this barbaric organization, not just for Israel, but, but for the world. Yeah, I wonder. Uh, No, I agree. I had an argument with uh, Michael Goodwin. He writes for the New York Post last week because I used the word complicit when I described Joe Biden and Hamas. I said, listen, anybody in bed with Iran, not not just one, by the way, but going back two administrations to his days with Obama and Kerry, that uh, has enriched them with money, allowing them to uh, sell oil, trying to get a, a treaty done not once but twice. In my definition of complicit, it works. And he got very angry with me. He took offense to that. I, I, I don't really care. And I said, well, I got to tell you, I speak to folks on the ground in Israel, and they are disappointed, if not angry, with Biden and the American government. He said, well, I speak to people, too, and they are thrilled with Biden. They love America's support. What is the real answer? I mean, Israel has to know that these creeps back in the United States are begging you guys to stop. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that as, as someone that lives on the ground here, you know, I, I think it was uh... – you know, I would I would say at best exciting to see uh, some of them come out here and, and pretend, again, at best, that their support is here and the things that they were doing. But at the end of the day, you know, when, when you're playing one hand against the other and you're saying you're coming out here and you're putting on that smiling face and you're saying that you're supporting. But on the other hand, when your, your pocket is deep in your hand is deep in their pocket and you're, you're feeding money into it. I mean, you know, actions speak louder than words, as they say. So there's give, no question. You, yeah. You're on target. Uh, I got to tell you. On the Iran thing, you know, one thing is crystal clear. Iran, you know, is pulling the strings everywhere. They're the puppet masters. They're the ones responsible for Hezbollah. They're the ones responsible for Hamas, for the Houthis. And who empowered Iran since 2015? It was Obama and Biden. And wasn't it Biden up until a short time ago? I mean, who was still trying to negotiate with Iran to make a yep. deal yep. with these monsters. Yep. So let me tell you something. Uh, you are on target with regard to Iran. 
And it is unfortunate that Biden, and again, if Biden wasn't running for re-election, maybe he would be strong. But he's afraid. He doesn't have the guts to stand firm. I mean, what would, there's one question, Sid. What would the United States government do under the same circumstances? Okay, 10,000 Americans murdered, butchered, butchered. What would we do to our enemies? Would we have a ceasefire after a couple of weeks? I ask you. Would we say, look, we got to be nice. We got Look what the Israeli military does. No military in the world does this. They let the enemy know exactly where they are going yeah. so that the civilians can get out of the way. Who does that? Nobody. And the answer, to, the answer to your question, Dove, unfortunately, is depends who's president. You know, the response really depends who's president because I remember time after time after attacks in Paris and our kids getting blown up in airports in Brussels. You know, before Obama got mad, he warned us not to get angry with our Islam Muslim neighbors. So it depends upon who's president. Last one. I want to talk about the morale there, though, today. You guys were at a barbecue together, two of my favorite people. I love you both. And Shani, I love her, too. Uh, the Israeli soldiers, uh, while they fight most of the day, are enjoying their, their day right now with you guys. A couple of months now removed, almost two months to the day when this whole thing started. What is the morale like in Israel today from both you guys? Let's start with Dove. You've been back two or three times. How does it feel today? Solid. Solid, unbelievable, beyond description. The people of Israel are united, left, center, right. It doesn't matter. They want the job finished, period, end of the story. And let no one tell you different. You haven't seen demonstrations in Israel by anyone saying ceasefire. No one wants a ceasefire, period, end of the story. The job will be done. Look, we're here with these young soldiers their lives are on the line. You should see their spirit. We saw the spirit. We felt the spirit. I'm telling you, it is powerful. They want the job done. And, and look, every day, Israeli soldiers fall. They're beautiful. Three of them were killed yesterday. But you know what? There's not one person, there's not one mother, father, grandmother, grandfather that says, let's stop this. Let's have a ceasefire. Because everybody realizes that if you stop now, you are endangering the survival of the state of Israel. The right. enemy, the butchers win. Yep. The butchers are not winning. They will be destroyed. All right, Yehuda, make sure that uh, when we get to Jerusalem, hopefully sometime January, I know you're working on it for us, and I really appreciate that, that you don't use up all the meat before we get there. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> no. <laughs> when, when, when you get here, Sid, we're going to slaughter a cow for you. <laughs> You guys are all great, both of you. Stay safe. And, Shani, uh, Shani just wants to say hello to you. Let me say hello quickly. Sid, I wanted to say hello and thank you. You know what a mitzvah is, Sid, and you had a great mitzvah today. The soldiers, the Chayalim, they were thanking us for all this delicious food. I said, you're thanking us. We're thanking you. In Salona, with all our hearts for what you're doing, not just for the people of Israel, but for Jews the whole world over. So thank you. Thank Sid. you. Thank, thank you. Shani, you know we love you. Me, me, and, me and Danielle love Shani Hyken. We love her. That is a that is a great, great lady you're married to there, Dove Hyken. We got to run. I love all you guys. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Sid. Have a good one. All right. Take care. That was uh, Dove and Shani Hyken. And Yehuda Hanukman, live from Jerusalem. They're putting on a barbecue right now for the Israeli soldiers as we continue to kick the living shizzle out of Hamas. We're going to kill all of you. We're going to kill all of you, and I hope they get every one of you. I really do. 
You're lucky, though. We just kill you. We don't do to your family what you did to ours because we're human beings. You're going to die like a human when you should die like an animal. More of Sid and Friends coming up. Entertaining and informative. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. Been a great show already. Curtis Sliwa, Anthony D'Esposito. Big day tomorrow. We're going to try to impeach Mayorkas, dereliction of duty down at the border. You bet your ass it is. Then we had uh, Yehuda Hanikman, Dovin Shani Heikendon from Israel. Still to come, Lara Trump coming up this hour. Daughter-in-law of my man DJT. She's always great. Next hour, Michelle Lubin. She created Jexit. She's down in uh, Fox Lauderdale. And Dr. Mark Siegel, who just wrote a new column on Fox News, some of the psychological warfare that Hamas uses besides the physical stuff, which is, quite frankly, inhumane. So we'll talk to Dr. Mark Siegel coming up, too. We uh, A couple of sports stories that somehow have made their way into this great show today. One is congratulations locally to Cardinal Hayes for winning the state championship in the Bronx. That's where Bernard McGurk went. Bernie went to Cardinal Hayes. He loved it there. So did Martin Scorsese, other famous people. Fine. But the other one is on the college level, Florida State. This is a, a big story, believe it or not. The Florida State Seminoles went undefeated this year. They beat Louisville on Saturday to win the ACC championship and complete a 13-0 and season. You go undefeated in a major college football conference, you're on your way to the playoffs, unless you're Florida State. So now even the governor, Ron DeSantis, you would think DeSantis would be more worried about Iowa coming up in six weeks. He made a statement today. He's furious that one of the schools in his state is not going to make the playoffs. They did not make it. Number one seed overall, Michigan. They won the Big Ten, beat Iowa on Saturday. Number two seed overall, Washington. They won the Pac-12. They beat Oregon on Saturday. Number three seed overall, Texas. They won the Big 12. They beat Oklahoma State. And number four, Alabama, who lost early to Texas, did not lose again. The kid Milroe played very good at quarterback, and they beat Georgia to win the SEC championship on Saturday. So now you've got Michigan taking on Alabama, Washington taking on Texas, and no Florida State Seminole. Somewhere my neighbors upstate, David and Cheryl Friedman, are very upset. Both of their daughters Went to Florida State. But you, Ricky Gold, you went to Florida. You're a Gator. So you hate the Knowles, don't you? I, I hate the Knowles, but, I mean, it is hard to be – to. you have to feel for the Florida State fans. Well, I mean, let me ask you this, because uh, they're not better than Michigan. They're not better than Texas or Washington. So the only argument you have is Alabama, which, by the way, Alabama would kill Florida State. Would you put Florida State in there instead of Alabama? It's I wouldn't. I, you know I would. I think I think Alabama's a better team. It's yeah. just uh, you, you should warn Florida State in the beginning of the year that they have no chance, no matter what they well, do. It's. I mean, it, it does seem unfair. Right? Yeah, it, they win every game, and uh, who cares? <laughs> so, uh, if you're on Juice Reel, yesterday was a good day. The NFL up to week 13 already. We wrap wrap up another week tonight with the Jaguars. Look out there, uh, they're a big time team inside the AFC, taking on the Joe Burrowless Cincinnati Bengals. But on Reel yesterday. Two road favorites, both won outright with the Lions 
and the Los Angeles Chargers. So a lot of folks very happy with Juice Real these days. Yeah, I mean, the AI bot when uh, Robot Griffin the uh, Third went two and zero yesterday uh, <laughs> with the Chargers and the Lions covering two and zero on the road. Both big ones. Anything coming back yet on this uh, Jaguar Bengal game tonight? Uh, it's, it's still pretty early. You're going to want to check the app as uh, it gets closer. Not a lot of people have made their Monday night bets. Uh, everyone's still thinking about their Sunday. I think everybody did well on Sunday, though, this week. I mean, the games to me seemed relatively easy. I got to think a lot of people laid the points with the Falcons over the Jets. Uh, the Chargers and Lions were very live. I think the, the one game where folks may have taken a beating was the Niners. Yeah. So for them to go into Philadelphia and just destroy the Eagles, I think the Eagles at 10-1 and one were pretty good, only laying three, I think. I think Niners uh, probably hurt some folks yesterday. Yeah, I mean, the Niners, they were looking, probably treating that like a Super Bowl. Yeah, well, it was the rematch of last year's NFC Championship game, so Brock Purdy got the last laugh yesterday, but you want to win in January. Not necessarily early December, right? <laughs> so give folks uh, the reason on the way out here one more time. Juice Real, J-U-I-C-E, Real, R-E-E-L. White folks should uh, download that app today. Check it out before they do make an entertainment investment maybe on tonight's matchup between the Jaguars and the Bengals. Yeah, the features on Juice Reel show you how to become a better better and how to find your next winning bet. So you connect in your DraftKings, your FanDuel, wherever you bet, and all your bets load in, and we help you understand yourself. And then use all the data that everyone's connected in to help you find out what all of the good betters are doing so you can follow them and what all the bad betters are doing so you can do the opposite right, of them. Right. I love that. It's every sport. I mean, college basketball, there were 41 games yesterday. The NBA season's about 20 games in now. The Knicks are playing well. They're 12-7. and They've got the Bucks coming up tomorrow. The Rangers playing great hockey. So this is every sport, not just football, right? That's correct. Every sport. All right. Well, you are the man. Juice Wheel does a uh, fantastic job. You had a good weekend yourself? I did. I All did. Right. <laughs> good. It's good to hear that. Well, it's always good to see you, Ricky Gold. Thank you so much, buddy. Uh, thanks for having me on. Folks, download that app today. Juice Wheel picking winners every night. Not just every Sunday, but every night. J-U-I-C-E-R-E-E-L. We got a run of three great guests in a row coming up, starting with Donald Trump's daughter-in-law, my good friend, Lara Trump. She coming up next. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Sit in Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. Florida two times in a row here. My friend Michelle Lubin happens to be good friends with Siggy Flicker. She started Jexit. She's going to join me live from Fort Lauderdale coming up at 9.15, 9.30, Dr. Mark Siegel. But, you know, often uh, in the morning, Justin Ellick is not here today. When Justin's here, I make him shut off the TVs in the newsroom because I don't want to see Joe and Mika and those louses at CNN. I hate them. I legitimately hate those people. But often when it is on, I notice they do the same story. So all morning long, both MSNBC with these two skanks, Joe and Mika, and CNN are running this story about some stupid essay, 24 essays, in the Atlantic, which reads, the next Trump presidency will be worse. Worse than what? 
That was the only good presidency we've had in 40 years since Reagan. What do you mean worse? Yeah, right now, The Atlantic, new issue, features 24 essays. They're talking to some putts. Jeffrey Goldberg, another self-hating Jew who's the editor-in-chief of The Atlantic, he should be fired, if not put in prison. The next Trump presidency will be worse because, folks, things are going so well right now. With that said, his daughter-in-law is one of my favorite people. She's a great guest. She's become a dear friend, and America loves her like they love Donald, my friend, Lara Trump. Good morning, Lara. How are you? Good morning, Sid. You're you're ready to go. I feel like, man, we came out hot this Monday morning, and I love it. <laughs> wow. Well, well, I mean, I just I don't understand what game they're watching. You know, you and I can sit down, Lara, watch a football game, and like the Niners and Eagles, the Niners won by 23 points yesterday, and you're going to tell me after the game the Eagles won, but they lost by 23. What presidency did they watch? Well, but th- this is what they always do, Sid. This is how they operate on the left because. The truth is they don't sell people on actual cold, hard facts or any kind of truth. The, uh, the way they operate is always in emotion. If you look at any argument they're making on the Democrat side, on the liberal side of the aisle, they kind of pull people into their party and get them to vote for them, themselves by, by using emotion. It feels great to say, yeah, let's open the border. Let's let anyone who wants to come here pour on in. Well, that's great until you get slapped in the face with all of your systems being unable to, to handle that. We can't have 15 million undocumented Americans, people living in America now that, who aren't Americans, who broke our laws to come here. But we're headed down that path right now. They operate in emotion. And then when the rubber meets the road and actually people are, you know, have to deal with the reality of what these Democrats have set up, they have no other option but to lie. And everybody, as you just said, feels like things are going in the wrong direction. Man, take a look around. What is working better for you right now than whenever Donald Trump was president? And most people look around and they can't find a single thing. Gas is more expensive. Inflation is so high. People aren't even, yeah, they're like, oh, unemployment's low. No, people stopped looking for jobs a long time ago. So those people aren't even counted in this system. We got wars around the world. It feels like we are in a very precarious spot as the United States of America. So you're right. What in the hell are these people talking about? That's all they can do, though, is lie because they have no other option. Nothing the Democrats ever touches turns to anything good. It always goes in the other direction. And here we are. You know, talking about lying, uh, I forget which channel it was or what idiots it were. they were. By the way, Luke is very, very cute, Larry. You're right. He's very, very cute. I love <laughs> He's so cute. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, you're welcome. Um, Somebody said on one of these stations about your father-in-law a couple of weeks ago that he's really no friend of the Jews. Of course, let's not forget Charlottesville, and he hangs out and gets endorsed by the uh, the white supremacists. I said, hold on, hold on a second. His daughter, his only daughter, converted. She's married to Jared Kushner. He's an Orthodox Jew. His grandchildren are Jewish. He's been to temple. He's been to shul on the high holy days. What in God's name are you talking about? You're with this man every day. He has proven time and time again through policy and family how much he loves and respects people like me, the Jewish people. And you never had a stronger president for the state of Israel than Donald J. Trump. Don't forget about moving the American embassy to Jerusalem, which, by the way, 
president after president after president before him promised they would do. It took Donald J. Trump to do it, recognizing the Golan Heights for Israel. And you're right. He has three Jewish grandchildren. His daughter, Ivanka, converted to Judaism. His son-in-law, Jared, an Orthodox Jew. And by the way, if you look at his company, look at the Trump organization. He's had this company for decades, and the, the top people in his company are all Jewish. Most of his friends, uh, because he's a New York guy, are all Jewish. Right. It is absolutely ridiculous, of course, to say these things. But again, these are people who have really no argument to make on anything on the left. And so they, they have to come up with this nonsense. Nothing makes me crazier, by the way, than what you just brought up, the Charlottesville thing. By the way, how, this is how disingenuous these folks in the media are. If you go back and you rewatch what he said, he said there were very fine people on both sides, except the neo-Nazis and white supremacists Correct. who should be condemned totally. Those are verbatim his words. But these people will never let you see that, Sid, because here's the truth. The truth is we never had a better time in this country in modern history than when Donald Trump was president. Things were working for people. And the, the swamp was actually being drained. These people were being exposed in the media in Washington, D.C. These people who go to D.C. make a lot of promises to their constituents around the country and then never deliver. They line their own pockets. And they know that a Trump presidency the second time around is going to take them down. So they have to do any and everything they can to try to salvage themselves and this little system that they've set up. That is what this is all about. But you're right. It drives me crazy to see the lies and to see the way that people talk uh, about my father-in-law in this manner, especially given his family is Jewish. It's complete insanity. Well, I got you kind of fired up, didn't I now, Laura? <laughs> now I'm on board, Sid. Now we're on the same page. Here there we are. There you go. Perfect. Go. Well, you're always like this anyway. You're always uh, – you're a great – you're not a good. You're a great interview. And you're talking about your father-in-law, you know, for months and months and months. I'd bring on all these smart people, much smarter than me. And they would say, because I said it was over way back when, the day that your father-in-law arrived in East Palestine, Ohio, it was over. Done. Shut it down. But yet, for months and months and months, I got to hear about Ron DeSantis, who's upset today because Florida State is not in the college football playoff. I got to hear about Nikki Haley who's turned out to be a real backstabber. We saw that when she went out on your father-in-law right in the middle of her run there at the, uh, at the White House. I got to hear about how we're still months and months away. Well, guess what? That was six weeks away. We're not months away from the caucus in Iowa, and your father-in-law is still beating these people half to death. When do you think the rest of the media will give him the credit he deserves, and when will the party start to unite around him because he's our only chance? Well, the media will never do anything positive for anyone with the last name Trump, myself included, my husband, anybody with our last name, forget it, especially Donald Trump himself. So they're going to kind of peddle this narrative for a long time. And, and by the way, it's really funny. You know, I, I think probably around a year ago or so, I came on this show with you. And if you recall, we were talking about Ron DeSantis and everybody said, oh, Ron DeSantis, he's going to get in the race. Do you think that that will be a problem for Donald Trump? The truth is you can't try to do your best impression of the guy when the guy himself is actually <laughs> in the race. Right. And I think, you know, the more indictments they've come out with against my father-in-law, the mugshot, all the hysteria, all the nonsense on that front, the way very obviously Biden's Department of Justice has been weaponized against this one guy, all of this effort against one person, it really has backfired, I think, on folks on the left. 
when they thought that would take him down, it has only galvanized support behind him. And I think people see very clearly, Sid, kind of what you just said. He's the only hope. He's the only person who could go in there to that White House. First of all, he's done all of these things one time around. He got everybody's number and dance card the first time he was in D.C. Don't think he doesn't remember all the backstabbers, all the people who said nice things to his face and then turned around and said nasty things and did terrible things behind his back. He remembers everything. I've never met somebody with as great a memory as my father-in-law. He's got them all. And so he really is the only hope we have. When will this party galvanize behind him? I don't know why we waited so long. I don't know why we're wasting money going against, you know, other Republican, uh, the the obvious Republican nominee and other candidates, when we should be going against the Democrats, against Joe Biden, a guy who could barely string a sentence together and tie his shoes, yet they're trying to run him again? Are you kidding me? We cannot leave anything to chance in this next election, because I'll tell you something, if Donald Trump does not become the president of the United States again, Sid, I hate to even say it, but I don't know what kind of country we're going to have left. Look where we are right now, 2023. We got a whole nother year of Joe Biden as president. God bless us all. If we can manage to get through that, we have to elect Donald Trump. We have to get our country back. If not, we're not going to have anything left. Could not agree more. This is the great Larry Trump. You know, you described uh, Joe Biden. You can barely string a sentence together. You're 100% right. Guy falls up the stairs and goes to bed, you know, before the early bird dinner at 4 o'clock, all those things that an old, sickly person would do. But if that was all that was wrong with him, if that was the issue, I could almost almost give him a pass. But the truth is, he's so much more diabolical than that. First of all, he's a crook. He's involved in all these hunter dealings, and he's made millions and millions of dollars. Secondly, you look at what's going on with Israel right now. I had an argument with the guy at the New York Post, Michael Goodwin, last week. I called Joe Biden complicit, Lara, and I still feel that way. Not one, but two administrations, him with Obama, now him alone. He's trying to do Iran deals. He did it once with Obama. He has given them money. He has given them hostages. He has loosened restrictions. This is not just some old, feeble guy eating chocolate pudding and dripping down his lip. This is a guy that is partly responsible for Jews dying all over Israel. That's dangerous. Oh, well, you're exactly right. And by the way, all the things you just said are 100% accurate. He is complicit in this. And let's not forget his very first move as president of the United States, right after he got inaugurated, Joe Biden went into the White House and I would argue made the single worst decision for the trajectory of this country and the world. He took away our energy independence. He shut down the Keystone XL pipeline. That allowed Russia to go into Ukraine and cause the mess going on over there right now. It took so much away from us as a country to take away our energy independence. We see gas prices sky high. We see inflation sky high. Look at the way it allowed Russia to enrich itself to commit all these atrocities that they have done in Ukraine. Likewise, it allowed Iran to enrich itself and provide Hamas with the ability to go into Israel and kill Jews. It is so sick to see how one single decision has snowballed and caused so many issues in this country and around the world. And it is because these people in the White House are dumb. Sid, these people are stupid. They don't have any idea what they are doing. Or maybe they do, and it's all purposeful. Hmm. But look at the pain and suffering that it has caused. When you put dumb people in charge of things, (laughs) expect dumb decisions and bad outcomes. And that's exactly what we've seen happen with Joe Biden. So you're right. 
It is dangerous to keep people like this in power and give them any ability to make decisions that have real ramifications for real people's lives. God bless us all, like I just said, because we are going to need his help up above to make it through another year and, God willing, have Donald Trump as president to rectify all of that. That was a great point, the Keystone Pipeline, Lara. That was a great point. You're right. You could start right there. That was the beginning of the end. So in the final 60 seconds as we get ready for the caucus in in Iowa, and um, I'm so excited uh, for uh, your father-in-law's run. I really am. Tell me about the family morale. You know, look, the facts are the facts. Your husband, who I love, Eric, he was in court not that long ago. Donald Jr. has been in court. Uh, Your sister-in-law has been in court. Your father-in-law has been in court here in New York a ton of times. And I know he gets on TV and he's spry and and looking as excited as ever. But behind the scenes, be as honest as you possibly could be, is Donald Trump and the Trump family feeling real good about, A, his chances as president the next time around? And just from a morale basis, how does the family feel? Honestly, we all take a lead from from the man himself. And I'll tell you, I've never seen a more remarkable person. He is positive. He's upbeat. He is confident. When you know you have the truth on your side, Sid, it really makes a difference. And we all know the truth about all of these things. And so uh, here's what I'll tell you. Here's a guy who's got the weight of the world on his shoulders, who is running for president of the United States, has cases around the country against him, a guy trying to throw him in jail who – you know, because he's his political rival. And what did he do two weeks ago? He came to my daughter's, my kid's school, and went to my daughter's class for Grandparents' Day and was happy to do it. I saw that. This is the character of this man. And this is where, you know, you have to look at him for guidance. It's almost like you look on an airplane at the, the flight attendants whenever you see turbulence. He is not panicking. He is calm and cool as a cucumber. And I will tell you his confidence in the, the election next year and in all of these ridiculous court cases is incredibly high. His morale is incredibly high. We all take a lead from him. And I'll tell you, we all feel great, as sick and twisted as all of this is, about the outcome because we believe that there is a higher power in control of all of this. And that's the way we have to operate at all times. So we are great. We're doing awesome. We're here in, in a very special season of the year. And I'll tell you what, thank you to everybody out there for the prayers. He feels them. We feel them as a family. we got to keep that going. Let's take it all the way to November 5th, 2024. All right. That's what I'm talking about, Larry Trump. That was great. I saw the uh, the video on Instagram of of uh, DJT walking your little daughter into school. It was so cute. And uh, it's all good. Happy holidays. You're, you're an amazing person, thank a great you. guest. Thank you for joining me today. And uh, let's get ready to party, Lara. We're going to get a big win coming up let's very, very it. soon. Let's do it. You're the best, Ed. Thank you so much. Look who's talking. Larry Trump right there. Thank you. You're the best. Larry Trump right here on Sitting Friends in the Morning. That sets us up for a fourth and final hour, which includes Michelle Lubin's debut. She started Jexit. And from Fox News, Dr. Mark Siegel, big 9 o'clock hour about to come your way. Keep the dial right here.